everybody. Welcome to episode 167 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm on the other host. You're on the other oh, host. Oh, Robinson. Um, so no update on the ScarJo versus Disney stuff. Oh, darn. You know, same old, same old. I was really sitting on the edge of my seat yeah. for that one, sir. Nothing really to report here. Um, maybe next week. It was we'll a slow see. week. Yeah, it was a slow week a in ScarJo versus Disney. Disney drama. Yeah, they just want to do their behind the scenes um what do they call that when the arbitration mm-hmm. anyway uh how are you today mm-hmm. yeah i haven't seen you since the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> i've grown a lot since yeah in some ways um so we have uh two reviews and just like a quick little topic to talk about um uh we, we're booking up pretty quickly for the fall so mm. um i think starting october we should hopefully be having more guests coming about yep um but yeah so we'll see we'll see how all that goes um but uh that's it <laughs> okay great so there's that thanks for the update um people are people are coming at some point yeah. uh bear with us uh in the meantime we're still kind of watching things and then also having uh just going through our own projects that will hopefully be released or I don't know it's just taking forever mm-hmm. um so that'll be our to- our first which, topic which leads into the first topic which leads Great into segue. the first topic uh your obsessions no. um so we we have a, an animation that we've talked about before that we started last year that we were hoping to have done last year and it was in no way even feasible um and so it got pushed into this year and now this year it's kind of getting pushed into the end of this year and i don't care like what kind of magic From hell or high water magic gypsy i have to pay off to make this happen it it must be released this year i've i've simply had enough yeah. um <clears throat> and that's easy for me to say because i don't do the animation so that's kind of all on you um but I, I often have to wrangle your artistic obsessions because they get entangled a lot. Mm. And um, so a question for fellow artists out there, how, um, you know, you hear you hear people saying a lot, there's a lot of memes and things like that about starting a project and never quite finishing it, <clears throat> that writers especially love to start writing a script. It's the excitement of starting that story and then a quarter of the way through, you kind of jump it. ship. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that feels like, honestly, because I don't start a story unless I really intend on writing it, because that would drive me crazy if I had 44 unfinished works just mulling about in my computer. Um, So I go through the period that I'm in now currently, whereas I have three script concepts that I think about, literally think about every single day, periodically throughout the day. They'll stick in. They'll just stick in my brain, and I'll start thinking about it. I think about them often right before bed, mm-hmm. um, to see if anything will come. Sometimes I'll have a dream about it, and then I'll wake up and be like, "Can I use that? Is that like a some weird avenue in the storyline that I could use?" Uh, sometimes it seems okay, and then I'm getting chased by a bear in the cookie in the in the woods, you know, eating a cookie or something, and I'm like, no, that's just me dreaming and my brain doing stupid things. Can't use that. Um, and so that's, this is the process that I'm in now. This could last for months. I could do this for literally three months, just constantly thinking about these three stories, which uh-huh. one's going to make it to the forefront, which one's going to yeah. get written. Like your personalities. Yeah. And it's like, I don't who's know. Who's going to get the light? I don't know who's going to win. I don't know who's getting the light. Um, but Miss Patricia is getting really frustrated. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how I function. I don't like to start anything if... I know that I can't finish it. You are the polar opposite. You love to start things and then start another thing and then start another thing. Yeah. Hence the the position that we're in now. Yeah. Explain. Explain to us well, what, what that's like in your noggin. It's it's tough, you know, because I know it's real easy for people like yourself or whoever to just think that this is some kind of conscious choice to do this, you know. I'm going to get some ointment for that burn. No, I wasn't. No, it wasn't a dig or anything. I'm just saying it's like from the outside looking in, it's like, you know, um, you, you look at somebody like myself who loves to do this stuff and then they're always doing this stuff. So they you just correlate the two of like he loves to do it. So he's doing it. But the reality is much like writing scripts. It's just kind of something where 
if I don't finish this or if I don't work on this, then my mind is just obsessing over it. And then, you, you know, you can't sleep and, and we well, can't sleep, obviously, but it's like, you know, it's just it's just racing in your mind. And so like. So then why start something new if you're not you're you're literally doing that to whatever the first project was. You're not finishing it to take on the second project and then you're not finishing the second project to take on the third project. Well, I mean, for the most part, I finished. I feel my like projects. picking there's, out your kid that you like the best. There's, there's, um, you know, there's a few that aren't done, but they'll get done. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter. It's just, it's, 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 um, it's a matter of like what can be done the quickest. You know, and and the quickest doesn't always mean quick. It just means out of the relatively, and so, you know, your brain is just like, well, I can do this in a week. So let me just do this because then I can get it done, and I'll have that satisfaction of completing something. Right, but my question is, why take it on? Right, like, because if you if I if I don't, then that's all I'm going to think about. You know, but not not the project that you're abandoning for it. No, because I know in my head anyway, I'll come back it's like to that. You have all these side pieces, and then you have your main bitch, and you're like, she's always going to be there for yeah, me yeah. no matter what. Yeah. So I'm just going to abuse the shit out of her yeah. because this other girl's, you know, way hot, and uh, I don't want to lose out on this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough because in the, you know... Um, I'm tired of our projects together being the main yeah. girl that sticks around. Yeah, it's tough too because it started out as like actual side projects with clients and paid Yeah, that's gigs always and different. Like, that's fine. It's like we need money, so that's... and But then, you know, you, you, you introduce stuff like NFTs or whatever and it's like, well, the... The financial kind of um, that 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 aspect of it is still there because it's you know the possibility to make money and mm, and everything and it's so it's not quite the same though. No, it's not the same, but there's still that same kind of um, urgency that's added to it in a way because it's like well nobody's doing this for the money. I mean, some people are, but most you know it's for NFTs. You mean yeah? Because absolutely, people are doing yeah, it yeah. For the but money. Uh, but it's 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 <clears throat> it's um it's not. I mean, for for real artists, it's not a motivating factor. Oh right? shit! Another burn. I'm getting a tube appointment. This is just going to take all day. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, if you're making art, just look. I mean, we can get into the whole like starving artist thing. People feel like you know, uh, uh, if you're an artist and you want to make money, that that's somehow wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like, I find that, that very kind of like an interesting kind of thing where it's like, you know, I'm an artist and I want to make money. You know. But I'll never use that as a motivating factor you wanna, behind my art. You want to make money for your art, your art, not making art for money. Exactly. Yeah, that's just, and that's the difference. Right. And so I feel like a lot of people that jumped onto NFTs are making art for money. For money, yeah. And that's kind of my point. You know, is like I make NFTs because I enjoy doing that thing, that three D and and telling stories and and all that stuff. And um, and I also want to make money doing it. But I'm never gonna make an NFT because I feel like that's what's going to sell. Because once you start doing that, it becomes a job. And the amount of time, for me specifically, the amount of time that I invest into any one piece, because it is like a whole 3D thing and animation, and it takes a while to do a piece. And if I'm doing this just for, you know, um, just for the money of it, then... Just for the Ethereum of it. Just for the Ethereum of it, (laughs) then uh, I might as well just go back to doing client work, you know? And so... There's for me, I'll never understand. Like I'll never understand that motivation. Anyway, back to the the the, the crux of the issue is the obsession over it. And so, um, yeah, it's a tough thing because in my head, I think like most people, we realize the importance of the work life balance. And um, and I actually feel pretty strong about this, even though I'm the worst at it. You know, because in especially in this space and most spaces, you know. You know, being a hustler or, or, or you know, dedicating your time and, and staying up late and working hard on something is like this kind of badge of honor, you know, and it's like, oh, I've worked so hard on this and I went many sleepless nights and it's like we kind of um, uh, romanticize this whole thing of like not taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and working hard and not getting sleep because I'm like obsessive, but I still like get my sleep, you know what I mean? Like I still sleep yeah i'm not up till four in the morning no. working on anything no you know, but like it, a lot of people it, it and does so, take its toll on your functioning yes for sure and so I, I don't know i just i hate that whole mentality you know i'm not 
I'm not working at all my art to be a hustler. I'm working at all my art because if I don't, my mind's just going to obsess about it, you know? Anyway, so if I'm working, like a perfect example, if I'm working on something and it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and I need to get some sleep, well, if I don't finish up to a certain point that I, I've set in my head, then I'm just going to sit in my bed and think about it, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, it's just a matter of like, well, if I if I work on this for another hour and get it to a place where I'm happy, then I can go to bed, you know, rest and I can get a restful sleep. Whereas if I just abandon it at this point, I'm just going to lay in my bed and think about the thing. And it's like, it's a, you know, I suppose I could meditate and learn how to do all that stuff. But so there's just, there's just give and take where he says as a side thought, yeah, I guess I I I can meditate, whatever, whatever. whatever. Um, So for me, that's the battle. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm, scared somebody else is working harder and I got to put my time in and stuff. And it's like, no, I just literally have to do it that way. Otherwise my brain is like going to be really annoying. So my, basically my point is, is like from the outside in, it's easy to think that people are making this conscious decision where, you know, uh, I don't care I don't about anything that, else. And, I don't and think everything. that most people think that. And I'll tell you why, because I don't, I don't associate obsession. Well, non-artists. I don't associate obsession with intent. You know, that's the problem is that mm-hmm. when you when you have an obsessive personality, it's never intentional. Right. Um, yeah, but it's just something you suppose? I suppose. Um, it's just something that tends to go along with said obsession. And so not everybody has someone to kind of reel them in. And so for those people, I think it's a lot easier to go down that rabbit hole because there's nobody there to sort of call you out. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> If anyone's ever wondered what the dynamic is between us, that's sort of my job. I'm sort of like Paul's personal producer, his his life producer slash PA slash manager. And so whenever you take on like even a paid job, you'll kind of be like, okay, so I'm being offered this job and I'll say, what does it pay? And how long is it going to take you to do it? Mm-hmm. And then you're usually like, eh, you know, I could probably bang that out like, I don't know, four or five days. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, in reality, how long is this going to take you? And you're like, well, okay, it could, I don't know, maybe like two weeks. I'm like, four or five days and two weeks are two completely different timelines. And yeah. so here's something that you need to, because you'll otherwise just take everything, which you went through this little brief period this year where you kind of did that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was hearing about jobs after the fact. And as expected, you hit a point where you started to get really overwhelmed. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, well, I'm working on like 95 things right now. I was like, how did we get here? You didn't tell me about the like, because I would be like, no, yeah. um, I have to micromanage that. And it's not because I'm a controlling wench. I mean, although I am, but uh, it's just more that like, I have to look out for your well-being yeah, because you won't. Mm-hmm. And um Yes, having extra money is always great, but it's not everything. And so yeah. I'm usually the one who's like, look, yeah, it would be great to have an extra $1,200. That would be lovely. However, you're already working on three projects plus your day job. Yeah. And you have to say no to this because you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like if someone doesn't have a friend or a partner or their mom or I don't know. <laughs> It's yeah. like you're doing too much because that starts to affect how much you enjoy doing what you do. And that's when I start hearing you working and I hear, <sighs> <sighs> and then I hear your hand hitting your desk, not in an intentional way that you punch the desk, but you'll just let your hand drop yeah. because your computer's decided to crash in the middle of a project yeah. and you have to restart it. And I'm like, well, in all fairness, your computer runs 37 hours a day. Yeah. Okay, that 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 poor bastard has no chance to ever rest. <laughs> your computer is constantly running, so much so that the section of the house that your office, quoting, uh, uh, office is in is always 9,000 degrees because yeah. the heat coming off of your computer makes that space yeah. Plus so hot. Plus the space hot. is small. So it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a small closed-in space, and so it makes it even worse. It's great for winter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the winter time I support your obsession. Yeah. But summer I don't like it because it makes the house very hot. Our yeah. house is very small and so the whole it's living room becomes hot. Um and your computer's constantly running. And it's actually to a point where on the rare occasions, and I'm not even joking, I'd say maybe this past year you've turned your computer off completely, I wanna say three times. Yeah, probably. Maybe three times in the entire year. 
and always rendering something overnight. Always that thing's always running, and I'm constantly hearing. Mm-hmm. That's my life. Is all I hear in the yeah. background every single day of my for the, life. For those nerds, that's the GPU fans firing yes. up. And for the three times that you've shut it off, I've been sitting on the couch and gone, "Have I gone deaf?" Like it's there's like this eerily quiet moment that I'm mm-hmm. like, "What's different? Something's different. My hearing is different." And then I'm like, "Oh, your computer's off." Yeah. Wow. It's so nice. It's yeah. so nice to have the quiet. You know, it's yeah. They're they're. I will say this. So growing up, it, it it's a whole psychology thing, right? Because growing up, I never ever like we never. It was never a possibility that I would have a job doing something creative. You know, mm-hmm. like up, up, even up until my twenties, it was just like I'm going to work some job I hate for the rest of my life, and that's just that. You know, so um, so then I was able to get a job being creative and. I guess there's a part of me, you know, it's it's a psychological thing, and I'm sure it's the case where the fact that somebody's reaching out to me and wants to give me money to do something creative, quote unquote creative, because a lot of those jobs are not creative at all. But you know what I mean? Like it's it's you know some kind of you know creative job, and so I'm there's a part of me that's like, wow, I can't believe someone actually thinks I'm good enough to give me money to make something creative. And then the other part of that is like. Well, what if this is the last time that someone ever offers me oh money to God. do anything? <laughs> and look, r- from a rational standpoint, I know both of those arguments are just stupid because it's like, yeah, of course I can make money doing this. I worked very hard to, to get to this point, and there's no way this is going to be the last job anybody offers me. In in your head, you know that that's a, a, a stupid thing to think, but then there's a, there is that kind of like artist insecure part of you that's like, but what if? No, you you're, know the, what I mean? you're a motion master. That's not yeah, going to so, cease to exist. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of an it's 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 a kind of a fascinating study into into it all because you know, like most things, you're very aware of it while it's happening. I'm very aware of how obsessive I can get about pro, like work I'm doing, and especially with NFTs because it's one thing when it's side work and you're doing work for a client and it, it's extra money or side money or money we need to do something with um but and and you're doing this work but then when it comes to that same concept of making money but now it's something that you just want to make for fun that is like a whole other level of like um you know you're on like this it's it's like it's like from a mental standpoint it's a this other level of like wow i can just make whatever i want and there's a good possibility that i can make some money doing it and so yeah, I don't know. So that just adds to it even more. Where the the did you just burp into the mic? <laughs> no, something happened in my throat. I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, and and so that yeah, it's really kind of like I don't know. It's really interesting and annoying at the same time. Yeah, it's um, more annoying for you, I'm sure, but still, it's any... still annoying for me because that's the thing that you know. It, I don't want to be this way. You know, and people say, "Well, just then, just don't obsess about it." But it's like it's not how that's like not how obsession being works. This way, yeah. I can't help it. I like being able to work on stuff, and there is the reason that I was able to get to where I'm at is because of that obsession. Because if I didn't obsess over, it, I wouldn't get as good as I got as quickly as I got. Not that I'm great, but just I wouldn't get to my level so quickly. Um, and so, in that aspect, it helps because then I was able to secure a, a, a decent job doing it, and and make side money and, and all this stuff but yes but it's, it's like, necessary to have these cliche moments where you have to acknowledge that this is something that you're doing to make money and pass time and something that you enjoy it's an, and it's a hobby but um you also to our knowledge will only have one shot at being alive and then right you're spending every waking moment immersed in this obsession and a lot of things can't be regained you know so in in the in the in the vein of that i'll say that if you are not if you're not an artistic and you meet an artistic good luck yeah uh i don't i i don't know how those relationships i i give those relationships a lot of credit uh you you have to have a very strong bond as a couple if only one of you is in an artistic field like that because it seems to be a common thing. I'd say nine out of 10 people that we speak to whose 
partners are not in the business are like, yeah, my partner just like doesn't, you know, they know that like I'm in my obsessive state yeah, and yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the kids in however long or yeah, yeah. Uh, haven't gone on vacation. That's the other and, thing too is we're very, we're very low maintenance, right? You know, it's just us. You know, we don't have yeah, kids we don't or, have or whatever. Kids and, and, and all um, that. And I've, I've, I don't know. This I, mean, I is, have a kid, but they're not here. Well, yeah, they're grown. But uh, but it's just it's like I've learned to I don't know that our relationship is sort of literally built on your time being preoccupied with learning more. So I'm just used to it, I guess. Yeah. We do actually physically spend a lot of time in the same place. So uh, for people yeah. that go away and like don't see each other all day and then and then have that, I don't know how that works because you I don't know yeah. how that connection remains because you're you're not even seeing one another. Um, we spend time in the same space, but on days that I will work, um, it's often like I have to feel like what is what's what's the kid doing? I've left them alone all day, <laughs> and I feel eating? like does he, yeah, does he... did he eat? Uh, has he brushed his teeth today? Yeah, uh, and I feel like I have to kind of like text you throughout. Like you did get up and move your legs around, right? You've yeah. done that. You've eaten your lunch. Did you do that? Yeah. Uh, because you'll just otherwise forget if I'm not here to like put your lunch in front of you and say like, hey, it's it's ten forty five or. 1.30 and you haven't brushed your teeth yet, feck, uh, it does happen mm -hmm. and uh, because you just kind of go into that zone. Um, so yeah, it's it's something, I wanted to have this discussion just because I feel like, you know, there's, there's the things that we say in jest, but it can become uh, destructive if yeah. you don't recognize what you're doing and you yeah. don't actively say like, I'm going to put a time limit on what I'm doing here yeah. because I feel like you're programmed to stop at a certain time in the night because you have a day job. But on the days that you don't have work the next day, we have sat up till 1230 in the morning because you're like just wanting to finish this yeah, last yeah. segment of something. And so I you get think, into that zone and you're yeah. like flowing through everything. And it's, it's, yeah, I haven't, and I haven't been able to, to master it. And I know what needs to get done and I know how I can make it better. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough to, you know, and I know people are like, boo hoo to you, but it's like, you well, know, it's, it's, it could be anything though. You know what I mean? It's it just, for yeah. me, it happens to be art and 3d art and stuff. And so, but. Well, it's, uh, it, it's just, it's common. It, it happens in film. This is just why we're mentioning it. It's just in any artistic field and it does happen in film. Mm -hmm. People become really obsessed. You're editing um, people that have to edit their projects. Forget it. Like if you're editing and color correcting, you're never going to see your partner because you're just going yeah. to be doing that all the time. But so anyway, we wanted to just sort of touch on that and, uh, you know, let us let us know what your obsession is and how you handle it. How do you reel yourself in, yeah. if you will? If you can't even do it. If you can. <laughs> if you don't have someone like me to be like, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough for today. Let's turn it's our true, computer you know, off. It's, it's, it's um, a lot of that burden gets put on you and it's and I'm so appreciative of it. You know, in the moment. I can get frustrated, you know, and I don't ever take it out on you necessarily, but it's... You no, know, but it, you pout, you do. Yeah, <laughs> there's those moments where it's like, I don't want to go, I want to finish this or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's like eating your vegetables. It's like, yeah, I don't want to do this, but I have to. And I know it's good for me to, to learn that delicious, kind of, yeah, it's, well, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's important. And so, yeah, that's, that's it. Oh. Now that we've finished our obsession part. <laughs> So um, we've watched. So check back next week if we're still married. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, so we we watched a documentary. Oh, uh, it's I... just a quick thing on NFTs oh, since we're talking about it. Yes, um, it's kind of an older Scared story. The crap but, out of me. <laughs> but uh, Kevin Smith is selling a film as an NFT. I understand which that, which is kind of interesting. And so it's that movie Kilroy was here. It's like an anthology or whatever. Um, and so he's selling it. So as it's a, only available to that person. Well, no. So what happens is he puts it on the blockchain, selling it as an NFT. And then the person who who wins the bid or bids or whatever gets it. Also has distribution rights. So then they have a, a, an opportunity to make money outside of just the NFT. Um, so then they can then they essentially then just own the film at that point. And so was do, this made already, or it's he's using that as the funding? He no, he's using that as a as a way to put the film out there for people. He's basically so just he doesn't saying, have a distributor, basically. No, but he could. I mean, he's Kevin Smith, so he yeah, could. that's what I'm he saying. Could. I don't understand. But he's. This is just his way of like saying, like here, like you know, mm. you know, I like Kevin Smith uh, for what he does in in the film industry and like 
his mentality towards it is interesting. I'm not always a huge fan of his films, but I feel like he's genuine with what he wants to do. It just do. seems like a weird thing. I don't know yeah. that I completely get the motive, but sure. Um, <clears throat> okay, so... Okay, so go on. So we uh, we had talked about um, a... Not a trailer, because I didn't get to see the trailer, but uh, just a, uh, an article that I had read about a film that was coming out on Netflix, documentary that I was afraid to watch mm-hmm. on Bob Ross because um, I just didn't want to go there with it. And um, it's the last thing you need is find out he was like, I just don't need that handsy or something. I don't need to hear that. So, uh, but you know, my curiosity obviously had been peaked at that moment, and so when it came out, I was like, oh god. I don't have to watch this. So <clears throat> we actually both sat down to watch it, which doesn't happen very often when it's a documentary. Um, and so it's called Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal and Greed. Um, it was directed by Joshua, I th- want to say, Rofe, Rofe, R-O-F-E. Um, uh, so I won't say that there weren't aspects of his personality that I wasn't expecting, um, it was a little less pure than uh, finding out that Mr. Rogers liked to make his wife laugh by farting. You know, that was more like quirky. And you're like, whoa, yeah. I didn't see that about his personality because he's like such a perfect like square dude. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, oh, that's adorable. So uh, Bob Ross was a little randier than I expected him to be. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised. He was an artist in the 70s and 80s so it's like yeah uh, there was a lot of that and uh i know that you know there's like oh they they use that long nail for art but he did have a coke nail and so there was always a part of me that was like i have a feeling that he's a little more hardcore than we had imagined and i was okay with that um he didn't appear to be uh like uh, creepy or pervy, no, yeah. but he was definitely uh, a bit more sexual than I expected yeah. from Bob Ross. Um, so it was the, a documentary on how he. Yeah, I, I mean guess, that wasn't you know the the beginning of the documentary you know introduced you to like in case you didn't know a lot about him, so they mm-hmm. wanted to go into his yeah. beginnings and yeah, there was some like things in his life that weren't like perfect, obviously, but I don't you know he wasn't like kicking kids downstairs or anything. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, <laughs> that would have made, made us much better. Bob Ross pushed children. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I didn't, I, I luckily and thankfully didn't walk away from it uh, regretting having seen it in terms of who he was personally. Uh, but it was a lot darker than I expected it to be. Um, there was a lot of drama that had uh, surrounded the the two people that were i guess responsible for sort of throwing him out onto the scene in yeah, a way yeah. and pushing him into to doing this um it was there were twists and turns there that it's like some of i saw one of them coming and i was like no 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 with the brother yeah i was like oh please don't let that be and so like when all of that came, i mean obviously we're going to spoil things cuz we're we're reviewing it but um There was just so much bullshit that went on and uh, it was just really unfortunate. And I could never, like, I'll never be able to look at mass produced Bob Ross merch again. And I don't think that I would ever buy it again. I can honestly say if it's not an independent artist on Etsy that's printing out like a Bob Ross shirt or whatever, I will never partake in anything that's trademarked through the the actual company. Yeah, and then that's kind of the the bulk of the... um... The documentary, which is what it focuses on, is how these two people, and, and which you know, is just, became a company, really just kind of fucked him over and wanted to steal his name. And but not just him; like they went yeah, after the whole, everyone. The whole thing, and they're <laughs> like, like um, really cashing in on that name. And it was, you know, it's really kind of like just sickening to see these like leeches kind of like do that. And I think documentaries like this are so important because i didn't know i had no clue you know um i just assumed that it would be his family members that would own that name but you know just to know that these two i mean yeah they they did help him in terms of like getting him on the air and stuff for the sure kowalskis but who apparently you have to be afraid of because they love to sue people yeah. that slander them fuck them that's what i say come at me <laughs> jesus christ we're gonna be living in our car <laughs> yeah um i don't agree coming with... to you next week from our car yeah <laughs> I don't, yeah, they're just, they, they, they just 
in my opinion, they seem to have taken advantage of the him and you know uh, the way they went about getting the rights to his name and and look, somebody had to sign it over, so they're not like completely at fault. They're evil, but we know they're evil, and so there's that. But then there's other players involved that that like facilitated that situation you know so well the more importantly was that uh you know he he didn't want to sign his name and the rights to his name and likeness and everything over to and to these people that he had once considered a friend um and so he kind of did his damnedest to not do that and figured he was safe by leaving his trust or whatever to his son and to his brother right and leaving a larger portion to it to his brother because he was older because he figured you know he'll Mm -hmm. be able to manage it better um and meanwhile his brother had sold over both Mm -hmm. his share and his nephew's share to the kowalskis and did exactly what bob ross never wanted to happen which is like so insane that you know he he wound up his his wishes were just completely ignored by the greed of his brother which his brother wouldn't have even had anything if it wasn't for him um so unfortunately bob ross's downfall was including his brother in it if he Mm -hmm. had just left it to his son then his son might have had a leg to stand on in terms of uh you know counter suing or something but uh the brother basically screwed them over yeah I don't think they disclosed the amount that the brother got. I mean, he had to have gotten something for that. Yeah. Obviously, what would have yeah. been the point? Um, but I just feel like even from a business standpoint, that's a bad move because there's so much more money to be made off the brand if you own it versus just selling it off. You know what I mean? Unless you want the money now. Well, if you don't want to like, deal with it. Yeah. If you don't want to have to deal with the legalities of things, you just want the money. Because it was like 5149. You know, the brother had 51%, the son had 49%. and It's just insane. So, so basically anytime, anything that you buy that has Bob Ross on it, uh, like official merch, not just, you know, like I said, not like an Etsy. Yeah. Anybody can take a picture and make something with Bob Ross, but all of his paints, all of those kits that you buy when you do the joy Although of painting. after watching this, I'm surprised they don't sue all these Etsy people. Well, that's, no, that's like Disney. Like you're allowed, you know, they're, they're within the confines, you're allowed to, to yeah. print these things. You can it's draw just, your own Yeah, Mickey you Mouse, can make, yeah. Your own, your, make your own stuff. And so they can't do anything with that. But um, just anything that you buy, those joy of painting kits, anything that has, you know, his, brushes, they, yeah, the, all of his products, uh, all of that goes to this couple that mm. completely screwed him over. They were so greedy. After everything that happened to him, um, didn't even attend his funeral. Like, you know, just yeah. they just wanted the money. Um, <clears throat> and so there was, you know, like. I don't remember Bob Ross dying. I remember hearing that he had died, but yeah. I don't remember Bob Ross having cancer. Like none of yeah. that was uh, exposed to the public. It was like he just existed and then suddenly didn't, which was insane because he's still such, uh, he's so marketable even after his death. Yeah. And, you know, it was, he was treated like an afterthought. So it was a good documentary. And that was purposely, they they tried to hide the fact that he died. They tried to hide the fact that he was sick. I mean, they didn't even want anybody to know that he was sick because they wanted to cash in and they were afraid of it hurting the brand. Uh, It's just insanity, like complete insanity. And as I had mentioned before, he wasn't the only victim in this. Uh, Other people in the art world, um, this couple couple targeted them as well and basically ruined their careers um mm-hmm. copied their work uh copied their work like oh um, like yeah they they cut off their distribution it was their, uh, so crazy um they were sponsored they they killed their sponsorship and yeah it's 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 really like the worst case scenario in yeah. that situation where like you have the business side completely overshadowing the art side and and you know this is you know, using his name, doing something that he would absolutely hate doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know Bob Ross personally, but based on what I've seen, I, I can almost guarantee that he would not want it to be the way it is now. Well, obviously <laughs> not, because we heard the phone calls yeah. of him, like, re- or, you yeah, know, the recordings yeah. of him, like, refusing to give to, to give in to them. Um, yeah, so I don't say this often, but I'm like, I, I will not, there will not be any sadness in my heart or compassion uh, should the news break that something happens to one of these people, <laughs> yeah. because I really feel like they have, if, if karma, if karma is uh, in fact uh, uh, an actual thing, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's really insane to me how somebody can be okay with doing that to another person. Yeah. 
um, and continuing with it. So I don't know where they are now. Um, they didn't really participate in anything. Um, yeah. But if everything crashes for them, I don't feel sorry at all. I think they're yeah. terrible people, quite honestly. Yeah. Please don't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> Next week from our car. Yeah. Um, if we have any fans and audience and anyone in the audience listening, if you're a lawyer, yeah. we might need your services. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but apparently like that was that was like the, the biggest problem was that, you know, they, they had to be afraid to even make the documentary because of how and there was a lot of people too happy they yeah, are they, a lot of a lot of people they 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 you know had a lot of graphics on the screen that would say we wanted to have this person or that person or a ball and yeah they just couldn't do it because these what was it kowalskis kowalskis yeah that they would just sue them and and everyone was dropping like flies out uh, yeah. of the project because they didn't want to be involved because of how aggressive they are with that mm -hmm. anyway it'd be um, interesting to see because this just came out recently yeah, it right it'd be interesting to week. see if what if they respond in any way i don't know i mean there's tons of articles now since it's come out you know speaking about what happened there so yeah. i'm they're probably jumping out of their skin that they've yeah. been exposed because um, they 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 in the documentary they they have a graphic that says you know that they reached out to them then they didn't want to partake they didn't want to have a comment but that and at the end of it they i guess they may have caught wind of it or maybe saw mm -hmm. a cut or something and 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 they, you know, were refuting everything. And so... Well, of course. <laughs> I can't imagine that it would end there for them. These type of people, like, yeah, based like on, based on the history. Guy, yeah. they, you know, because even just the... Uh, although it can be dangerous, you know, if, they, if they're if they smart, they wouldn't because that would just bring more attention to it. Right. I mean, you know, the, the so. idea is to disappear into the yeah. shadows because... So they may not sue just based on that because it would bring more attention to it, but... I don't know. know. They're pretty tenacious and yeah. uh, obnoxious in that way. Uh, so anyway, I, I definitely recommend it, uh, but it, it's it's pretty hardcore, like just in terms of like being emotional. It's a very emotional documentary. I was hoping for, I mean, the title doesn't really give much hope for it being upbeat, yeah. but still, I just didn't expect but that. But I don't think you, you have to worry about your, if you were like us, no. were you worrying about like, oh my God, is he going to say that he did something awful? And I don't think, and me personally, I don't no. think so. He there wasn't was perfect, like, but he wasn't. There were there were person. unexpected sort of sexual innuendos in yeah. the way that well, he his painted. Well, his whole mantra <laughs> of like the way that he talked, it was all soft and yes. soothing. And it was like that was very just sexual. like his, a big, his main base was women. And so he wanted to talk softly as if he was in bed with them, you know? So that was like the kind of whole thing. It seemed, it's kind of funny because I know this doesn't, isn't really a thing. It worked because how soothing is Bob Ross? It worked yeah. on men and women. Let yeah, me tell seriously. you, we all fell for yeah. it. <laughs> Um, but it's almost like he's like this harmless gigolo. And yeah. I know that's not really like a thing. I understand like, you know, there, look. You're it's, a gigolo. Uh, yeah. Um, but there, there's just something about him that just seems so harmless. And, you know, I, I mean, look, I, like I said, I don't know the guy. He know. was like a harmless sexual nymph, you know? Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. yeah. Like... Because nobody, look, nobody, even the people that, you know, Nobody's come out and been like Bob Ross tried to rape me or anything. Yeah, yeah that's like that. Like or even like the you know if he had other relations and but these other people were, were never like mad at him for it or anything like that. You yeah, know what like, I mean? it like, was like it, it was a different time. It was adult a different... shit happened. Yeah, yeah, but you know things that happen and, and it's none of our business. But it, I was just glad that there's nothing. And slanderous. all the parties involved that didn't seem to yeah, be upset was... about anything. So um, you know some grown adults. We yeah. just leave that to. Well, you. I don't want to. I don't want to minimize the situation of of this when it happens to other people and, and it is uh traumatic but it seems like in this case based on what i've seen that it wasn't a traumatic thing it was just kind of like a... the women in his presence were literally attacking him and putting their yeah. mouths on him so it, yeah. i don't think anybody I mean, was a victim a in this <laughs> uh so except maybe him if he didn't like it so much actually if you think about yeah. it uh women were pretty aggressive with him yeah um Luckily for them, he was into it. <laughs> so yeah. it worked out for all parties. Um, so we 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 took a, a bit of a plunge, a financial plunge, a cinematic financial plunge, which I, I I I'm very careful about what I will pay for full price when something comes yeah. out. I'm usually like, ah, is this going to be streaming for like seventy percent off in three weeks? Because I could wait. Mm -hmm. um, we had talked about the Green Knight. You had seen. Uh, uh, you had seen the trailer, not by chagrin. choice. I would have loved to have seen this and not seen the trailer. Holy yeah. crap. Um, and so I was like, you know, 
I'm a very big A24 fan. I, I tend to watch everything that they that they make uh, mm-hmm. as soon as it's available. So quick side note, they have the best logo too. Yeah. A little logo animation though. Yeah. Um, simple and effective. I wish they would make more merch though, because shit's always sold out. Like all the cool stuff is always sold out. Yeah. Uh, less things in pink or whatever it is. We don't need that. Just <laughs> make the stuff that's selling out. Make more of those. Um, so we are. We're gonna be going. We went to the movies to see uh, Black Widow. We're going next week to see that other fucking Marvel thing Shang-Chi. that you wanted to see. Um, and so I was like, you probably know, a drive-in. Hopefully, this would have probably been a good movie to see in in the theater because I don't think a lot of people around this area would have want to see it. So yeah. it would have been a nice empty theater, actually. Uh, but you know, we were home, and our theater is like twenty five minutes away, twenty five mm. thirty minutes away with traffic. So uh, it's you know you have to like actively. We were at home, and it was just like, all right, how much is this? So it was like twenty dollars to rent. Like, all right, we're gonna do it. Um, so we. Uh, we watched The Green Knight. Uh, it was a writer-director, which is very common for 824, David Lowery. Um, that was starring uh, Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, uh, Sarita Chowdhury. So uh, the, um, Sean Harris, uh, we've, se- we've seen in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Kate Dickey, who was in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, this was... So my here's my question to you from what you had seen in the trailer, because I've seen the trailer like three times now and I'd seen it a long time ago when it came out how close to that how close to the what you expected from the trailer was the actual film pretty close oh see okay so it did ruin it for you (laughs) yeah oh yeah okay um in that regard it's still probably one of the best movies I've ever seen it's so good really oh I love it I love it I didn't expect. See, this is Loved all. Ju- we ha- we don't discuss when we watch things. We don't discuss them together until we're going to record because it's like I don't want this to be some scripted. Yeah, there's just something about this film thing. that just. I mean, it's gorgeous. Look, it's well, it's a two four, so you know, it's, that's it's, a given. I expect nothing less from them. It's it's a gorgeous looking film, um, but I don't know. There's just something about this film that really stuck with me and and. I just really loved this idea, and I Andrew, know uh, credit to Andrew Palermo, who was their DP, by the way. Oh, yeah, did a phenomenal job. There's some shot, like every shot from this film, you could hang on your wall. Yes, you absolutely. Know? And it's like, um, and that's not easy, you know. I mean, that's you know, there's lots of films with even look the film we reviewed last was Reminiscence had some great shots that I would hang on my wall, but this yeah, film but not had like, like this. this was it was like a it was, it's a piece of art. In my yeah. opinion, you know, and so moving art. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just loved it. And that's, you know, that got me in the door. I was like, oh, I knew this film was going to be beautiful. And the story was really, really crazy. And and I love the use of the fantastical and this journey that he's on and how it ends. I found I found intriguing. You know, I didn't I didn't expect the ending. I didn't know what to expect of the ending. Um, it was one of those things where you, it's, it's like there's one of those experiences where you go in as a, you know, because as filmmakers, as most of the people listening, if they're filmmakers or writers or DPs or whatever, and you, a lot of times you watch it from that kind of perspective. But with this film, when I was watching it, I found myself just in the film and I wasn't trying to figure out the the twist or, you know, all that stuff. I was just immersed in this, in this film and enjoying the ride. And so... Um, it, well, was it should be said so, also so that good. this is based off of a poem. Poem, yeah. Um, and a lot of people aren't getting that. Um, this film, from what I've seen uh, from certain reviews, got a lot of hate from people. And I really wish that people would understand the difference between not liking a film and a film being bad. And yeah. this seems to be the first thing that people run to when they watch something that they don't personally like. They say, it was a bad film. I've yeah. watched a lot of films that I didn't like, but I don't think they were bad films. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. I most, could still look, appreciate look, the cinematography. Most films aren't the, bad. You know, you well, look at Reminiscence and it's like, that's not a bad film, right? That just didn't right. work for us. It, it shot well. I just didn't like acted it. Acted well. Whatever, you know. Um, sorry, I'm like bashing on it. Reminiscence this episode. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but it's not a bad film, you know. It's just something that didn't strike a chord with me. And so, yeah, I, I hate that too. Like when you just like, oh, the movie sucks. Yeah, th- there was a lot of that. There was a lot of this is this is bad. And um, what that tells me with, uh, because look, there, there's no shortage of overly pretentious filmmaking, right? There's a lot of people. I am not a fan of a lot of artsy films that people like, because I feel like it, it 
you're just trying too hard. Yeah. I don't like when when uh, a director intentionally tries to confuse their audience because it's what's cool to do. And you somehow there's like this weird superiority that you get out of completely fucking a story so that nobody knows what's going on. And then everyone has to decipher who's the smartest in the room. What was yeah. your, you know, what was your yeah. take on the story? And I, I don't like that. Some directors just naturally do that. And I appreciate that. Um, but I, I don't I don't like overly fartsy crap. A lot of people would consider A24's movies to be overly fartsy as well though so it's all subjective it depends like just kind of where you are in your level of thinking in terms and by of farts you mean they're loud and smell bad or <laughs> um i i just i love that i know i'm always going to get stellar cinematography from them um i think they're one of the best companies for mm -hmm. films uh i love that they have original content that they allow people that they work with a lot of writer directors which i mm -hmm. think are the best directors quite honestly um and so whether or not a story works for me has nothing to do with it being a bad movie. It's just this story didn't work for me yeah. or it did whatever. Green Knight for me was not my favorite of their films. Okay. Uh, I thought aesthetically it was insane. Mm -hmm. um, the, the grading and the cinematography made shots look like actual paintings. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because I watched, uh, if you go on YouTube, you can watch the director break down a scene. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of these really wide scenes, and they actually painted, hand painted. I'm not surprised the ex the set extensions um, for some of the shots. Um, yeah. yeah, it it they looked like like graphic paintings yeah. or oil paintings. I mean, they were they didn't so have detailed. an oil painting effect on them. It just looked yeah, like it that just style. It, it was so beautifully filmed, um, and uh, also uh, Barry Keegan's in it. I forgot. Uh, I I I'm developing an obsession with Barry Keegan, and even when he's kind of unrecognizable, I always pull him out of something, and I'm like, "That's my boy." Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he had a very small part in this, but he's like, he's become I don't know. He's like really. I'm I'm excited when I see him in something yeah. because I really like watching him. Um, and he was he was really good in in this as well. I. Uh, there there was one scene, if you've watched the film, we all know the scene. I could have lived without, <laughs> I could have lived without uh, that that particular shot. No pun intended. If you've watched it, you, you get the pun. Um, I didn't feel like it was necessary. It was just kind of like, okay, we get what was going on here. And I didn't need to actually see evidence of that. And not oh, because yeah. I'm like a prude, but I was just like, all right. Yeah, maybe that's one shot I wouldn't hang on my wall. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would want that one framed. I'm, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe in the, a bathroom of a dive bar that might work. Uh, but it, I was just a little like, eh, okay. Um, but the the play. Uh, so this is like all like you know, who's King Arthur's nephew, right? He was su Something supposed like that, to yeah. be, um, and. Uh, just the the whole also the the actual green night mm -hmm. uh, was done beautifully mm -hmm. uh, just so cool the sound design of him moving was yeah so cool. it was so cool and uh, everything was just beautiful on that and um, it you know I feel like we've said this before people people really resent if you make them think too hard and I think that there were there were, we talked a little bit after not a lot but the only thing we did talk about was like what was your what was your take on the end and what you think happened there because it leaves it sort of open-ended in more ways than one there's different interpretations that you could see it as him you know coming back to do the right thing seeing what would have happened and then coming back to his senses and going through with his plan or that he never actually uh you know the green knight never actually follows through with it that it's more of a test you know those little that doesn't ruin it for me that there's three or four potential endings to that. That to yeah. me is not a, I don't see that as, as a negative, uh, but a lot of people do. If they don't have a straight cut answer yeah. at the end, then all of a sudden the movie sucked because, oh. you know, creativity makes your brain angry. Oh, um, but do, if you haven't watched it, keep in mind that this is an adaptation of a poem. So it's very ethereal and very, yeah. you know, there's a, a lot of that. And so if you're not into that kind of stuff, you're, you'll probably be one of the people that hated it because hated it, hated it because it's, you know, it's open ended in that way. Uh, but it was 
really beautifully made. Alicia uh, Vikander did really good job. Mm-hmm. As, um, as always. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I, I liked was, the, was great, the way, I... like, the mom, his mother was playing parts in his life away from him, you know, yeah. how she was in a room by not being in a room, but yeah, you know, yeah. cause you know, and and you just have to pay attention to those things when you see her blindfolded. Well, if there's a blindfolded character, that's likely her essence, yeah. if you will. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It was, I highly, highly recommend the film. And if you hate it, then uh, it's probably cause you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> then you don't enjoy cool things. Uh, yeah, I loved loved this film. See, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't think that you would love it. Like, I that's loved it. Interesting. Top five of the year, easily. Really? Yeah. My goodness. Although I haven't seen Shang Chi yet. <laughs> uh, listen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I hate to. It might be the best film I've seen this year. What? Green Knight. Uh, trying to think what else I saw. I mean. You didn't. I I liked Saint Maud better than the Green Knight. That was good though. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. I don't know Green Knight. It's just story wise, like just as a film as a whole and story wise, I enjoyed Saint Maud more, which was we we reviewed it was obviously also an A two four. But I I cannot take away from the fact that this uh, this is and likely will be the most beautiful film of the yeah. year. And look, it's not perfect. There's still like motivations i question like why did he mm-hmm. even take this battle to begin with it right. wasn't built up in that you know and so um it's not like perfect or anything but for me yeah it's it's one of my one of uh, it's a top one for sure i don't know if it's like 1917 scott pilgrim worthy yet um mm. i'd have to watch it again but uh it's 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 got potential to be like so I, I had finally made you watch hereditary way after the fact mm-hmm. um did you not like Hereditary? Yeah, I liked Hereditary. Um, Did you not like the aesthetic of it? No, it looked really nice, no. I thought. I have really, to get you. Really pretty film, see, but... I didn't like Midsummer, but I still thought it was great. Yeah. It's a so perfect I example would, of a film that just... I have to get you to watch that because aesthetic, like, it's aesthetically and the way it's filmed is beautiful. It just wasn't, for me, in comparison to the, their other uh, films, it wasn't my favorite. Mm. Um, but I still think it was a good movie. It's just story why you know just a lot of the things in the story just didn't work for me um and I, and i you know it, it's sort of a comparison it's like you're either team hereditary or team midsummer for mm. some reason and i'm definitely team hereditary yeah. um there were you know there was like one massive thing in there that just for me you know the, the scene in the hut with the women you all it know wasn't it florence pew 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 oh my god um that for me was like uh and and when I say these things, it's not less like, oh, because it's, it's, it's weird. Like, no, because there was a lot of other weird shit that happened in there that I was yeah. like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just sometimes something just goes way too far for me. And I'm like, yeah, that it, it starts to ruin it. And this is where you like cinematography is so damn important because your story doesn't have to be perfect. But if you can bring an audience in visually, it's very forgiving. And sure. in the Green Knight, there was a sense of despair that that cinematography sort of sets upon its audience. Mm-hmm. So even though there were plot holes for me, like you had said, I don't know what I don't know what the motive and what the payoff would have been in in taking yeah. this. Like, hey, you're well, gonna cut my head yeah. off, and then I'll cut so, your head off in a year, right? Like, done. Like, yeah. no, why would I agree even, to this? Yeah, that was the thing <laughs> I even said at the time. I was I like, so this. wait, he comes here and says, "All right, I'm gonna." F- battle one of you or whatever and then you you can strike me and whatever you do and strike me i'm going to do the same to you in a year whether it's a nick or whatever and it's like okay we'll just nick him i yeah like, i'm, what, I'm giving understand. you a paper cut on your toe yeah. <laughs> like that's... I, don't, I don't understand that and you know i guess you know there's the whole thing of like him wanting to prove himself or whatever and it's like look what i did and i get all that but then it's like you're taking a journey of like six days or whatever it was to go there and then you just about to like have it done and then you like check it out or whatever in the, in one interpretation of the end, yeah, um, which was like weird to me or whatever. And uh, well, it's about that growth and uh, like see, because like for me, the ending was the 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 ending where you know he saw. So in this your ha- ending, does he behead him? No, right? Okay, no. I didn't think so either. But for some people, they feel that he does follow through. I didn't feel that. I felt like it was more a test. Yeah, I took it of as that. whether he would agree to it and yeah. and sort of uh, you know do what was right. I, I interpreted for his that as like him 
you know, before you die, you, your li- life flashes before your eyes. But for me, I took that as him envisioning what would happen if he ran away. This is also and a, then a very... he was like, "Fuck it, I have to do the right thing." And that was his moment of, of, uh, of uh, accepting his fate. And then that's when the Green Knight saw that and was like, "Yeah, this, this is also a very archaic way of handling." Uh, life goals and and aspirations, right? At this time, everything was about your honor and your bravery. I mean, your your entire existence, especially as a man, was wrapped around bravery. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. uh, they 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 prefaced this whole thing with uh, making very clear that he was pretty much a loser. Yeah, he was a complete loser that hadn't done anything with his life and really didn't have any motivations or gravitas, if you will. And so the whole thing was a test. I I feel like my interpretation was that his mother was trying to make his life worth something, even if that meant that he would die, but that he would die honorably because the honor at that time was worth more than your yeah, life. Because if you just nick them, then it's like, oh, you're scared. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. he had to go. Which is what I would do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna I don't I, even care. I'm flicking your nipple yeah. at best. Um but for his mother it was yeah. you know, the the whole thing was about I just don't uh, feel having they, her son die with honor. Yeah. I just don't know if they built that up enough for me personally, but it was it didn't, that that was the intention. Yeah. Like I got that, but I just feel like I think a little Later part of it, I, I feel like a little it, part of it's almost good, though, that they did yeah. it because it leaves people to have this conversation. To to talk about it. If it's spelled it, yeah. out, it's like, well, this is why he did it. End of story. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> you yeah. But then how do you, if you do that, if you don't do it, then you have people uh, sort of having their, their take on, on what they saw. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that. Um, next week, we're going to talk about stuff again. Shang-Chi. Um, and we have another film we're going to talk about. Yeah, we have another film. That, that we watched and um, we're also going to talk a little bit just to just to prepare uh, we're also um, we're going to be on MoGraph Friday the 3rd this 1 Friday. o'clock Eastern time yeah and they they do they do lot you know they do live recordings so yeah. we'll be on there if you want to check us out on and there if, you know it'll be on YouTube after that and yeah. um, you can watch it whenever but stuff, if you yeah. want to watch it live uh, that's when it'll be on and so we'll be talking to those guys this week um, but uh, I also wanted to uh talk a little bit about uh tiktok and um just the 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 whole uh um sort of avenue that people have gone down with that creatively Mm -hmm. um we are actually going to be having a couple of guests Uh on from tiktoks that i follow because i find them really creative you know it's funny i was very late to the tiktok game i feel like tiktok is is becoming similar to youtube in that yes um, you, you have some Short-lived people YouTube. You ha- from the outside perspective and old people. <laughs> um, it just is like, well, what are these people doing? Right. Like, you know, you, I YouTube, was one of those YouTuber, old people a, a year ago. A YouTuber, I didn't get it. It's like, oh, you're just a YouTuber, but there's actually a lot of work that goes into it. And there's a lot of creativity that yes. a lot of YouTubers do. And I feel like, <clears throat> and, but there's also a lot of crap on YouTube, obviously. There's also and a lot I, of shit on TikTok. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Like there's a lot of TikTok videos because you show me a lot of them. I don't, <clears throat> I don't. I don't tick or talk. And so <laughs> I uh, I recognize and appreciate the the work and time and effort and creativity that goes into a lot of those things to, you know, because look, some of them are just funny cat videos of stuff, people doing stuff, but then some of them are like skits, you know, and so yeah, and there's, I appreciate there's, that. There's work that goes into it. The I mean, I, I will say I was definitely one of the people that was like, I don't get this, the deal with TikTok. This is stupid. Um I do enjoy TikTok. I'll totally admit that. But I will say for every creative TikTok, there's 15 that aren't. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's still there's it's still at a minimum. It's, I feel like it's YouTube's not, the same. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the same <laughs> in that way ratio. is that everybody suddenly thinks that they have the the talent to, to mm-hmm. be creative and entertaining on TikTok. Um, and, you know, you like uh, shooting a balloon of whipped cream off your head is not going It may be funny in that moment, but mm-hmm. that's not going to impress me in terms of what you're capable of artistically. Uh, but there are a couple, there's a handful of people on there that I watch and, and whose videos I really enjoy. And I can appreciate all the work that goes into the editing. Uh, so much so that I was like, I would like to talk to these people because I want to know what their process is like. Yeah. Um, they are legitimate actors and or filmmakers that have TikTok accounts. We've mm-hmm. talked about doing a TikTok account. We probably will when you're done with your 17,000 jobs and yeah. you can commit to that. Um, 
but Something so we to we're gonna over. have two uh two of my favorites on like i'm i'm legitimately excited to talk to them yeah. <laughs> like uh we've had like award-winning filmmakers actors oscar nominees and winners on this show and i'm equally as excited to talk to especially one of these tiktokers <laughs> i've been following the longest she's so good um so yeah because it's it's uh, well we'll talk we'll talk more about that you know next week and just uh uh, what goes into that and and what you do or don't like about it um shout out to mograph september 3rd we'll be there yeah we said that man um yeah and uh so next week we're gonna obviously review uh shang chi and uh we watched the mauritanian yeah mauritanian um i want to talk about that if you haven't watched that watch that come back yeah. So that you know it's not ruined for you. Yeah. Um, if you want to just kind of listen, it's, oh, I, I can't. We're gonna get into that next week. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the energy for it. I just, I just don't. I, I, my soul can't take any more. Yeah. Of talking about that, we 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 haven't really talked much about it because I want to save it. But uh, it's it's a really good film. Um, you should check it out. And if you have anything else you want us to watch, let us know. Reach out. And that's it. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.